Welcome to today's episode of Fire in the Belly. This is where we get to hear some pretty inspiring stories from some amazing people. You know, it's always an absolute pleasure to sit down, take time out and have a warts and all conversation about their journey. I'm always intrigued by what it's taken for people to get to where they are today. And hopefully in this interview, we get to hear some more about that. From this, my mission is to help people to find their own fire in their belly. And from that, to live the mightiest version of you. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy today's guest. Success is a process, not an event. Hello and welcome to Fire in the Valley. Today we have myself, Mary Pete, and we're joined by the Mary McGuigan. Good afternoon to you. Hello, Pete. Listen, thank you for coming on the show, Mary. It's, it's great to have you on. It's taken a while to get each of us here, so it's, it's <laughs> wonderful to finally be in the right place. So welcome to the show. So Mary, tell us, who are you, what do you do, and where are you from? My name is Mary McGuigan. I run Corporate and Creative Image, which is a personal styling consultancy. Um, my background, believe it or not, is actually in accountancy. But I took a leap of faith a few years ago, which is where I met you, funny enough, mm-hmm. when we were doing some personal development. And I decided that I wanted to do something that was more colorful and creative, wouldn't you know? And I wanted to do something that was going to help people. And everybody kept saying, well, just just do what you're really passionate about. I don't know what I'm really passionate about. And when I look back at my journals now, it's it's funny because the words colour and image were all over it. They must have been in every single sentence when I was trying to voice, write down what I would be, what I wanted to do. and. Um, I realized over that whole time of, you know, of getting really into personal development that I really uh, wanted to help people feel more visible because throughout the whole point of me wanting to change careers was I just didn't feel very visible um, in all respects, uh, physically, um, your opinion didn't matter. You see, when you're in accountancy, you just are a number cruncher. Okay. Nobody really wants you to give your opinion. And I just couldn't help myself because if I could see someone could be saving money by not renting premises, when especially when they're maybe a service-based business, then I just couldn't help myself and had to tell them that. But the bosses were like, no, 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 you just do the numbers. You just, you just work out the numbers. That's really boring. <laughs> and... My experience with that is numbers are the biggest pile of you know what. And really, they'll tell you whatever you want them to tell you. And that's the that's the thing that people get mix, messed up with with numbers. They think, you know, um, oh, but my sales were this, but my, oh, my profit was that. I'm like, well, what does that mean? You know, that doesn't mean anything unless you're comparing it to last year's or unless you're setting a goal for next year. They don't. They don't really understand that. But anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. I um, yes, I realised yes through all that through that I wanted to be just to, to be more visible in my career and my life in just in general. And um, I went. I, I had um, per, a few personal styling sessions myself, thinking that this would help me, especially when we were on the topic. Um, funny enough, of self image which I really loved. And I I just, I really love the whole concept of it. 
Um, I thought it was um, Psycho Cybernetics was I just I love that book. I love the whole the the scientific approach to it mm. um, and mindset wise, you know, how basically just because, you know, you're bankrupt doesn't mean you're a loser. You know, one is a fact, you're bankrupt. The other one is your opinion. And you can change one of them, absolutely. In fact, maybe you can even change both, but you'll not be able to change one unless you change the other. So um, I realized, yeah, after I had a few of my own um, uh, personal styling sessions, I realized, why do more people not know about this? Why is this not common knowledge? Um, this should be uh, like everywhere. Everybody should know everything about this. And so I vowed to do more training in it, um, to do more studying. And yeah, that, that was the start of my business. The start, might I add, it has deviated and changed direction from, from then. Um, so that was probably around 2020. So how long were you doing accountancy then out of interest? Um, hmm. Probably about, trying to work out my eldest daughter's age, 11 years, yeah. Well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you can't say 11 years, you take the head staggers and go, there's more to life than this. Yeah. Hmm. I've been going on a while, but yeah, I eventually, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Babies get in the way, getting married, doing houses up. <laughs> um, and then eventually the, the, little, the voices in the head, you, know, you have to start listening to them, don't you? Do you think... I mean, where, where did the accountancy come from? Was that, is that in the family? Is that just something? Well, here's where all the, the, the all tie together. I did accountancy because um, I had had my eldest daughter, Grace, and I had, um, I was working in the Hilton in Belfast and I was working in their accounts department, but it was, um, I had got in there because I was covering a string of maternity leaves that had happened around, um, just before 2008. And so I went back there to work and, uh, the height of the recession, um, there were no jobs. And basically I was lucky to still be in there because it wasn't on a permanent contract, but people I had been there long enough that people were kind enough to offer me to cover holidays and or leave or things like that. Um, but I knew I actually needed to go and get a permanent job. And um, I decided that I would do accountancy because I was already a single parent and I didn't want people to think that I had, I had finished my degree and I ended up a single parent with no job. I just couldn't have that. Um, I just couldn't. Uh, uh, so I got into accountancy, yes. Um, and I, I got the yellow pages. This is in the days before, you know, social media. I got the yellow pages and I sat with a page and I wrote out every accountancy firm um, in Belfast. Probably got to about 60. And I sent letters to them all because... Bear in mind, even though I had a degree in business and finance, it means nothing, absolutely nothing. But everybody wants experience. So I even offered to go in voluntarily one or two days. Um, but somebody came back to me and gave me a job and threw me in at the deep end, which was probably a good thing, really, because that's how I learned. And yeah, I um, thought this is great. I'll get into accountancy and then I'll be really, really good with my own finances. And um, oh God, I might even be a multimillionaire after this. Nope. 
I just watched people make a loss. <laughs> That's all. That was all I did. And um, really, I thought, yeah, I actually only care about my own finances. <laughs> I don't care about doing other people's. Um, apart from telling them when um, they could save more money, that seemed to be the only thing I actually enjoyed telling them. But yeah, that was all about my image of how I got into accountancy. Wow. Mm-hmm. Isn't it isn't it amazing the journey you've taken? As you said, it almost felt like that's you know, you had to do that just to almost justify the the degree and everything else, right? You know, just mm-hmm. to sort of you know, I mean looking back, do you think it was do you think it was the wrong decision or it's maybe a bit strong, is it? Um yeah, I think it was the wrong decision, but um I don't regret making it because I do think I'd had to I had to do something, I had to do something wrong to really wake myself up. Um, I mean, if I had done something, you know, I quite enjoyed working in hospitality, but the money's really poor, like really poor. Um, and I could have, you know, I was happy that I could have st- stayed there and floated about, but the responsibility of being a parent and feeling like you have to wise up is what pushed me on to looking for, um, a better job. And, um, then the fear of God, I have to get one that looks really good and I have to get one really quickly. So sort of taking whatever comes first. Yeah. So, and I did get, I did learn a lot through it that, um, that I even carry with me today because I don't, I don't need an accountant. <laughs> I can do my own kids. And, um, even when I talk to clients and stuff who are struggling, I still, you know, get, you know, not too much accountancy advice, but I give, I do give, um, helpful tips and, understand whenever everybody panics about getting a HMRC letter, you know, I know what ones they should be panicking about and what ones they shouldn't. Isn't that amazing, you know, the fact that, I don't know, I mean, do the, do the two worlds collide? Is there a correlation between, you know, image and, and accountancy? Um, yes and no. Yes, because I do feel, you know, I went from working with um, customers all my life to working with clients, which is very different because that is people, you know, when you deal with customers, you're always going to slap on the wrist if you're not smiling and being, you know, doing all the things on the list that you're supposed to because you might get an undercover customer or whatever. Whereas when they're clients, when um, they are coming to you because they, don't know something and they need your expertise and it's a different relationship because it's more sort of where you feel a bit more valued. Well, that's certainly the way I felt. Um, even in accountancy, I just felt, you know, when they were asking me questions, maybe something, oh, something wasn't working out with payroll. And we felt, I felt like I knew the answer to that. And I felt, I felt valued. Um, so in that respect, yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Isn't it? It's just that, I mean, is it, is it all about service? Do you think, I mean, you know, it's all about sort of helping others because you seem to be a very people person. Have I picked that up correctly? Uh, yeah, but it wasn't always. <laughs> I, I seem to be a people person, but I actually I absolutely hated working in, in retail. I hated being stuck behind a desk. You know, like I, like I started off in reception in, um, when I worked in hospitality and I didn't like it at all. I really didn't like it. The only reason I didn't like it was because I wasn't a natural smiler, you know, I couldn't stand like this all day long. And it would be, they'd always be like, oh, you have to smile, you have to stand, you have to look, you have to smile. And it was just, I don't enjoy this. And um, I suppose I didn't really understand then either about um, 
you know, I didn't understand my customer. I think that was the thing. And I've learned a lot since then. But um, I've done a post on this recently. Um, you know, when you're when the guests arrived, you know, the they would ring the reception if the slightest thing was wrong. You know, if the light wasn't working, they wouldn't be ringing housekeeping or engineering. They'd be ringing you. Um, they couldn't find the menu in the room. They'd ring you. Um, if, you know, they didn't know where to go for dinner, you know, wouldn't ring concierge, they would ring you. And it's the same, you know, I'd be like, why are they ringing me? Oh, God, you know, phones go mad, crazy, and you have to answer within three rings, you have to get everything done. And I was like, oh, God, this is, I hate this, this is a stress, this is pressure. Um, but, you know, clients still do that now. I mean, if they've separated, they ring me. Um, if they've just had a baby, they ring me. And um, if they're going for a job promotion, they ring me. And who am I to say, oh, you're through to the wrong person? <laughs> That's just, you know, you're just who they want. And, you know, you're the only person that they've seen that's that spoke to them. I just, it's, it's, it almost feels like there's a full circle gone here. You've gone from the hospitality sector, both, you know, uh, I suppose, you know, reception and all the different areas there, you go through the accountancy side and then you're back into almost, it's, it's not a, it's a service, right? It's, it's a, you know, it's hospitality, but on drugs in a nice, very yeah. polite way, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's an amazing service, right? You know, that you can actually, as you say, people will phone you for God knows what, right? Cause mm -hmm. there's almost share or, or need advice. That's yeah. a beautiful way to be. Mm -hmm. Well, think of it, I'm, I'm a lot, I'm a better listener now than what I was um, when I was 21 <laughs> working on reception. Um, you know, I'm 38 now and I look back and I think, oh, I was, I didn't, I didn't even listen to half of those people checking in. I was like, oh, yeah, you're here for a special occasion. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Trying to tick all the boxes on the computer. Um, where now I, you know, I, if someone rings me, I sit with a notepad and a pen and I don't write anything in it until they're, they're off the phone to me till they've finished speaking, till they've finished saying whatever it is they need to say. Um, I don't, ramble on about what I can offer them or what I can do. I say a little bit at the end, but I, I save all that for an email, you know, because really they've rang me to get things off their chest to see if I can help them. There's no point me rambling on and talking to them because that's not me listening. Um, so I've learned, uh, yeah, I've learned a lot about listening and I realize how, how not, not good I was at it in the past. Has that become a bit of a superpower for you then? That, that sort of ability to connect and listen? Yeah, yeah, I'd say so, definitely. Um, I think, I, I, I honestly can say hand on heart that any client that I've had, I've always been able, you know, I've always had something in common with them. There's always been, um, we've always been aligned in some way. We've always had something similar. Um, and I think that's a really good thing. You know, I've never had one where I've had to roll my eyes and think, oh, God, that was, you know, that was awful. Um, because you do worry. You know, you do worry. Are you going to be the right fit for them more than anything? Because um, it, it, it really is all about personality. Um, but I think my, the, you know, the message and stuff that I try to give out in social media is just my personality. Um, and the hope that people have seen that and they'll know, yeah, I'll, I'll give her a shot. Mm. And to ward off people that won't suit. 
Well, that's the thing. I mean, are you, I'm, I'm going to ask an open question here. I mean, is it down to almost like the law of attraction? You find you attract those that you should and you, you don't attract those that maybe you can't serve or, or just aren't for you right now. I mean, do you believe that is the case? Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Well, um, I, do, I mean, there's enough work for everybody. You're never going to, when, when someone out there's need is getting met, there's someone else out there whose need isn't getting met. So I do believe that it's just all about aligning, you know, your values and your beliefs with um, with other people. And that's really what visibility is all about. It's, um, you know, because as human beings in general, we're, we're quite visual. I mean, I know learning styles and stuff. Some people are auditory. Some people are kinesthetic. That would be me. Um, but we're very attracted to bright shiny objects um and you know the difference between you standing in a networking event full of 100 odd people and someone coming over to you because you you to them are a shite brainy object and i'm not saying about being the most clashiest person in the room you know polka dots and stripes and whatever but it's just something that's caught their eye more than anything. You know, that's what visibility is all about. And when they speak to you, then they're not, you know, what they saw is what they get. Mm. It's not that as soon as you open your mouth, they're like, oh, right, okay, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know? There is some statistic, you know, where people, was it that within a couple of seconds they've have seen someone or whatever they've decided whether they're going to like them or get on with them or whatever, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the eyes and, and the, the, our sight is, is hugely important, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And yeah. Think, uh, I suppose from your aspect, then that sort of, you know, that, that image, is it key then to get your image correct? Then, you know, that then dovetails into, you know, how people will actually respond to you and how people will connect with you, is it? I think it's what's really important is that your image is authentic to you. And a lot of people, um, you know the saying, be yourself, everyone else is taken. Well, I hate that saying. <laughs> I hated it with a passion because I thought, well, how do you know who to be? Like, how do you know who you are? Like, where's the answers? Where, where, where is it wrote down? And um, I think, yeah, I... I think you really need to know who you are and it's not something that's just done, you know, you do a personal development course and it's done, oh, I know who I am now. And then a couple of months later, you do something else and you're like, oh, I'm different now, I know who I am now. It's continuous, it's ever-changing and it's ever-growing. And I think really studying yourself and learning a lot about yourself. Like people are all really surprised when we do a styling session and I'm like, oh, didn't know you liked that. And they're like, Neither did I. I'm like, well, there you go. There's something you've learned about yourself. Um, and they're very, people are very confident to tell you what they don't like. You know, I'm like, well, what about jeans? Like, oh, <laughs> and you can, I can tell the difference between when someone doesn't like something, that's fine. That's part of their personality. Or when someone is really just doesn't have the confidence to wear something because the two reactions are completely different. And it's something I've caught on to. Um, merely just through my own observations with clients. So I always pro- always prod the things that they're not quite confident 
Do I keep coming back to them or keep bringing up a conversation or, or, or keep talking about them today? Because that is the thing. It's getting to the bottom. What is that? What is that that's holding them back from that? It might be something someone said. It might be they think they're too old. Um, they don't think they're good enough to wear it. And you it's getting to all those issues because that's how they grow more confident. Um, that's how they grow happier in themselves. That's mad, isn't it? I mean, how oh, we almost decide what we're going to wear. Is it based on paradigms? Is it based on self-beliefs and, and just from growing up? Yeah. Like, do, we, do we observe our parents and where are we similarly dressed to our parents? Is that is that a thing? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Like in our family, there was <laughs> it's quite hilarious, really, because in, in my family, it, you know, we're all very small chested. And yet my granny was like, now just be careful of the how low that top is. <laughs> like so anytime anybody wore anything with a slightly plunging neckline, it was like, oh, has granny seen that? Has granny seen you wearing that yet? So, you know, we none of us, <laughs> nobody in my family dresses like that, no matter what their shape is. It's just, yeah, it's just something that was always um, you don't want your granny to see like that. <laughs> Isn't it funny how, like, you know, multiple generations on, right? And they do still have an impact, right? They do still have a, you know, um, would, would they typically sort of carry a classic dress, a, a sort of a, a dressed style that that sort yeah. of goes through the years and maybe less trend, you know, modern trend or current trend, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, more classic, I would say. Yeah, that's, that's a common thing <laughs> in, in my family. And funny enough, lots of, you know, I imagine other personal stylists come across this as well, that they attract um, clients that have a certain fit into a certain style personality. And mine would definitely be like a classy, would definitely be somebody that wants to have a classy style or or thinks that they already have one, but they're not really sure about um, how to dress it. So take us through then. So I can say it wasn't for you. You got this, you know, you got styling sessions um and ultimately as you say you thought everyone should be doing this and at which point you said i wonder could i do this right or yep. what what sort of evolved it forward then to to really where you are today um well i think um i started i, st- I started the train in it and stuff and i thought i'm still working at accountancy and i thought god i wonder if i'm gonna have time for this with um with my job and now um, I don't have time for my job. <laughs> I do a few hours. That's not my that's not my main job at all. And it's funny, um, the pandemic had been a blessing in disguise because I was furloughed. And I used to time did not matter. Didn't matter if it was nine o'clock in the morning or it was two o'clock in the morning because everything had to go online. So I was doing my training online and I had the the freedom to do it. And I thought, if you don't recognize this, Mary, as an opportunity, you'll never recognize an opportunity. Come on now. I thought, yeah, I meant to do this. This, this, this was for me. The situation was all designed for me. (laughs) Um, so I got really stuck into it. And I was in um, you know, the the birth of Clubhouse was all through the pandemic as well. So there's a lot that there was a lot of listening. Um, you know, people always think, you know, you have to, it's the training's all done through, you know, professional courses and qualifications and credentials. But the training's really done through, you know, 
listening and practice and and hearing other people's um, stories as well. Um, that's certainly the way it was for me um, because I heard like so many like success. I was in these really like you were probably in them too. These great like um, entrepreneurial rooms, and there, I could still hear them saying like. Oh no, but uh, you know, so you have to find something to war for, it, don't you? And that they were talking about when events were open, were if and when they'd open up again. And I thought, my God, I think something multi entrepreneur would would wouldn't be like you know thinking about what to war with it. And I thought, so it doesn't really it affects everybody. It doesn't really matter what your um, level of income is at all. Hmm. there's a whole expectation right i mean and you know i suppose certainly i would imagine a lot more so for females than males and i'm not saying that's good or bad but you know typically men have you know <laughs> half a dozen types of suits and a tuxedo and and that's them pretty much covered for 90 percent of events whereas obviously for women it's it's very different right man i hate to say it but you are actually easier like a lot easier because you're more logical and it's just, I need, I need, the, I need something for this. And it's generally because they don't have the time or they just can't, like, you know, I just want to, I just want to know what to wear Monday to Sunday, seven outfits, that's it. Um, women, it's a lot more emotional. It's a lot more of maybe just because they go through a lot more changes physically as well. And, um, Every so, you know, we've got puberty and then, they've, you know, have, having babies and then there's menopause and it's just there's a constant change and not weight gain, weight loss. Um, I know men go through, you know, weight gain and weight loss as well. But for women, it's just the journey is a lot longer. It's a lot more emotional as well. There's. Yeah, that's it. Is there a certain age group or sex or type that would you would particularly, you know, would you would serve most or, or would be one of your niche? Well, I I'm usually in the in their forties, mid forties, um, mid forties to late fifties, and I don't put or any restriction or anything or that anybody has to be a certain age. Um, but I'll never, I'll not get a 20 year old coming to me. You just won't. And when I was 20, I wouldn't, if someone said, what about going to a personal stylist? Like, I already know what to wear. Thank you very much. Yeah, uh, Cause that's, the, that's, 20, the, you know it, right? Yeah. You know, everything when you're 20, <laughs> you know, everything until you don't. Um, but, uh, and usually, um, career women, every, you know, people are always asking me about work war and uh, whether they work in our office or run their own business. Um, and that's, it's seemingly about being visible in the workplace. That is a big thing. Mm. So typically busy middle management, upper management style. Is that, is that a fair generalization? Yeah. You know, so it's, and it's people who are, you know, they're, par dressing or they are dressing for their title their role or whatever to make an impression right yeah that's powerful mm -hmm. and how just give me an idea how does how do one of your sessions go about i mean do you have a process that you go through or well i do have a process but often it gets through at the window 
<laughs> because it's a sign of genius I, when you can do that where you can just work whatever right yeah i i know and i'm thankful i can still do that um because i know and uh, when i get really busy that i will have to stick to some kind of regimented format but um usually it changes because i try to accommodate the client as much as i can or i think i mean a few times i've had people and they think they want to come on a personal shopping trip and then once i get actually properly talking to them um i'm thinking I think you already have enough clothes. I don't think you need to go shopping. I think you need to just rework your own wardrobe. You probably need, you know, one or two things. Um, so then instead of it feeling like you're, you know, they've made a mistake by buying one service, um, I usually just try and accommodate um, maybe with an online service as well. And a lot of the time, like I, I get a lot of women and, and they can't look in the mirror. And they think personal shopping's gonna fix that. And I'm thinking, I don't think that's that's what you need. I think I think it's more um, self-image coaching. I think it's more so I give I, get, I usually give them homework. They usually get affirmation homework and things. Um and I always I always check up on them, always check in with them. And um I do let them send me pictures of things if they're going out to something and they're maybe not too sure. I think it's just that it's just that we confidence boost that the need for me saying, yeah, that's great. That, that works brilliant. Um, but yeah, that's, um, so that's really how I do. So it's I, I, the main thing I do in person is probably personal shopping and, and everything else. Um, I usually do online. Now some people do prefer in person and that's fine, but just because all of my clients aren't, aren't in Belfast. Um, most of it is really online. It's interesting. You use two, two different terms. It's obviously this personal shopping side and then there's the the image consultancy side. Uh, and you, you fulfill both those roles, I take it, do you? you know, yeah. The, um, the image consultancy would be more, um, that's, you know, a female entrepreneur wanting to go in more to personal branding to really um, dress, to represent their business um, and to represent really basically so, you know, people don't buy products and services, they they buy you um, and they're wanting them to buy their products and services. So we've got to think of all that when we're, when we're thinking of um, dressing. I get a lot of holistic people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Funny because I was never into <laughs> holistics at all. And then I went to a girl um, when uh, the time we were studying. And ever since I <laughs> tracked all these holistic people and I think it's great. I really do. Um, and, the, the you know, because I always thought like I, I never would have. And this is this is my false belief. I never would have thought a holistic um, therapist would want a, to come to a personal stylist. I, not that I thought they didn't deserve to come. I just thought. I just never didn't think it would be something they would want to do. And it's great. I, I love it. Um, you know, you always think they're very calm and they don't say F and they do. It's brilliant. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, making the most of it. Uh-huh. But and I take it that would have a different style, I take it. I mean, do you, you adapt to whatever style they're trying to, you know, because it's not all like I need to be in the boardroom because no. Uh, I'm going to assume that a lot of the holistic ones, it's not going to be about the boardroom. It's going to be about, you know, connection and one-to-one and, you mm-hmm. know, very different service, right? 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some of it's about like they want to dress and, you know, in their spare time and casual and sort of more and at the weekends and things. Um, some of them don't wear like a, a typical um, like a penny or anything like that. Um, so they'll they'll be thinking about workwear and stuff and um, about their nice common colors, because um, I mean, if you put them in a double breasted suit, how is our client going to feel coming to them when they're coming to feel calm and relaxed and and they're sitting there in a double breasted suit? I mean, because that's the very definition of authority. And that's not, you know, you'll dress somebody for the boardroom, like you say, completely differently than you'll dress someone who's in um, maybe like a life coach sort of a job role. Because the people that's coming to them are about want to be anxiety free they want to be nice and calm they want to be relaxed and they want to be able to think of all of that whenever you're um when you're dressing them and the people are coming to the boardroom it's like right i'm a leader i can do this job i'm in charge i'm you know tr- again i'm also trustworthy mm. um obviously depending on the job role but yeah two different things mm. Uh, you talked earlier about, I mean, color. Uh, I assume color is huge, right? So, very big color. What you what you like? I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm a complete novice in this part. So, talk to me about color and style. Color is um, we do color analysis. Um, color was the thing that really got me into um, what I do. Uh, I didn't understand sort of. Color to me was very one dimensional. It was like red, green, blue, and that was that. That was it. Um, we work in seasonal color analysis. So basically, um, we had you know we've group um, basic colors in the seasons. So it means anybody can wear red, anybody can wear blue, anybody can wear green, but it's finding the shade that works for you. So to make things simple and to not complicated for you um we put those into four seasons and that that works based on your skin tone your eyes your hair color and um also your color personality so you'll do like a little questionnaire um certain certain color personalities like certain things but also when we do the physical um analysis and work out what your your best color palette is the color personality is usually and can be different and what that 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 gives us a challenge which i love i, I like a challenge um and not everybody loves their color palette i can vouch for that especially autumns for some reason uh they they want they always want the shape the the, the shiny bright palettes Mm-hmm. because that's what all of the shops put in the window. They put all the shiny, bright, um, you know, clothes because they want you to come in and buy them. And But they just don't work, work for everybody because um, if I wore something extremely shiny and bright, it would just overpower me and you'd be going, that's a lovely, that's a nice top. Where'd you get that top from? And Whereas the whole point is that the colors work for you. So and, and I noticed the difference with that whenever I had mine done, that instead of people complimenting the clothes, they were complimenting me because the clothes were doing the work for me, the color, because it's all about the colors working with each other. 
when you mentioned color personality, what does that mean? Do we, we all have a color that we prefer? Do we? Do we have a preference? Yeah, I'm a, a red, gray, uh, green, red. Okay. So some are more extroverted and some are more introverted. So I have a mixture of both. Um, and red, as you can imagine, you don't need me to explain that too much. It's got a bit of a bit of an edge, a bit of a fiery side. Um, greens are quite calm and good listeners and um, very intuitive and very earthy. So you're, you're sitting in these two categories. They- yeah, usually people normally are sort of a mixture of two. Um, just because of the way that we're and, and the same with style personality, people are normally a mixture of two as well. So you're not just be a classic. And again, it's just because our because as we have grew up, society has changed around us so much and influenced us and our style. That's why it's just it's too easy to be one. We'll we'll usually be, you know, two, maybe three. So I would have been um a classy classic natural um so classics are born in suits basically and love suits and wear suits all day every day um and natural or you know jeans and a white t-shirt and will look effortless in them um jennifer aniston springs to mind you know like no makeup jeans and a white t-shirt and looks absolutely great um that's that's naturals but um Color personality, yeah, that was something I trained in a wee bit extra for online consultations because when everything, because everybody relied on the drapes and I um, thought, well, well, everything will be back up by the time I've, you know, done my color analysis diploma. And um, it's like, it's not, it's everything's not back in, the, in person again. Everything's still online. And if I come on and try and show you 50 shades of gray, <laughs> You will just see grey. You won't see anything different at all. Um, so this was a good way of me um, trying to basically learn more about the person to work out what colours were better for them um, as opposed to physical observation. Um, yeah. And then the colour palette, that that's goes according to your skin tone, I take it, your complexion. Mm-hmm. Some people actually don't like it at all. They don't like thinking that they have to be put in a box and have to wear certain colors. You'll see a lot of um, celebrity um, stylists. They're like, you know, they won't put themselves into a color palette because then they won't be able to wear the everything that comes out. Um, it, it affects fashion in a way, you know, um, wearing the most fashionable this and the most fashionable that and being all about kind of, you know, being in the limelight. Um, but it does actually work. I, I believe, I totally believe in it. Um, and I really think it, it helps people see you in your best light. And is there certain colors that suit everyone? There, everybody has their best dark neutrals, their best light neutrals. Um, and as I say, everybody has a red, everybody has a green, um, some people have more, um, like I would have more um, warm and muted colors in mine. And people always think, you know, that redheads can just can wear green. And I do have a lot of shades of green, but I actually don't suit mint at all because it would really absolutely drain the life out of me. Um, so there you go. I'm learning something new here. So, yeah. So dark greens, but not mint greens. 
most screens, not almost. But that's that's part of the autumn palette. When you think about like the colors you see around autumn, then um, you and that's how I how I learned. I learned by actually going out and physically seeing things and and marrying them up with each other. Um, some people you have to, you know, I'll sit and explain all about the season of autumn or the season of spring or whatever. And then they're like, oh, right, I get it now. Um, and some people send them a, a book of swatches because they're maybe more visual and they can see, right, I get it. I'll just bring this with me everywhere. And now then that's me, I understand. And it's making, that's part of something I, um, you know, would be really, um, passionate about making sure they understand and understanding in their way. So usually I do a quick sort of uh, learning quiz on them to see what way they best learn. And they're doing a color analysis. Well, just break that down for people because not everyone may understand that. I mean, how do you how do you learn? How do you, um, a VAC quiz. So that'll be to see if you're uh, visual, auditory, or kinesthetic. It's just a wee quick test. People enjoy doing it. They enjoy learning something about themselves. And then it means I know how you're probably best going to understand colour. Um, so some people love, and very few, you have to say, but if they're auditory, they like to know the, the exact names of colours. Um, it won't be enough for me to say red. They'll want to know that it's deep tomato red or that it's, you know, it's... Not purple, it's periwinkle. Whereas the likes of anybody that's visual, they're like, like, just show me what it looks like. Oh, right, okay. It's amazing just the number of colors because I know from doing our own house at the moment and sitting with the interior designer and talking yeah. colors and that, yeah. you know, it's like, I, I know walls, I know bricks, I know cement. I generally, when it gets to colors, that's when I step back. And isn't it funny? I mean, do we see different colors differently or is it just, or why the colors? Yeah, no, we do. And it's, um, it's that old thing. You don't, you don't see it until you see it. Um, like whenever, obviously when I had all this newfound knowledge, I, I wanted to just completely do my living room. <laughs> I want to do my whole house up again. I was like, something never sat well with me in this living room. And now I understand what it is. Um, and it was really enjoyable because I understood what worked with each other and um, was able to put a wee bit of, um, like, be a bit of a daredevil with it as well. I was putting, you know, we had this lovely shade of, um, it was like a deep tealy green in our living room, in our old house. And I said, I'm going to get red, red check curtains. My husband's like, that's a bit out there. Like, oh, what do you see? It'll work, it'll work. Because I, I found the perfect shade of red curtains. And they're not just red. I'm like, no, 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 it had to be a certain shade. And I did. I thought, oh, I would never have, I've never been able to do this if I hadn't a new, new um, known about colour. And it's good. The thing that I, the first thing I like to teach clients with it is, about um you know within your palette you'll have there'll be those few couple of colors that will work really well for you and not it doesn't mean that all autumns have the same best colors because they'll have different hair colors some are really dark brown some are blonde um so we'll all have our our best best colors and i i do encourage them to have clothes that are in those colors because on those days when you really need a good 
kick up the backside or you just really need to feel good and joyful. And let's be honest, we don't all wake up first thing in the morning feeling on top of the world. Um, those outfits will help you get there. And that's the whole point of dressing for how you want to feel, not how you feel. Because if you dress how we feel, we'll all be in black and we'll be mourning all <laughs> constantly. Is it funny how, you know, we, we do, you know, well, that's it's like, are we going out out? Are we, you know, <laughs> yeah. what are we doing? Right. You know, so mm-hmm. the, you know, the, the correlation between where we're going and what we're trying to do, whether it's a, a formal event or, you know, family event or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, out of interest, what, what do people dress up most for? Do you know? Well, that's, that's a question that I like to ask. And it's always often the first question I ask, like, you know, who do you dress for? And they'll name everybody, uh, like, you know, the people at work, um, the husband, um, family, usually, usually family members, well, we're going to this family thing and I haven't seen anybody in so long and such and such will be wearing this and such and such will be wearing that. And I'm like, right, okay, you forgot about a very important person in all this, yourself. You have to dress for yourself. And the one thing that everybody worries about is what's other people going to think? I'm like, that That will pass. And I'm not saying it will pass really straight away, but you, you can't, you, you'll never do it unless you do it for yourself first. Because as soon as you dress for yourself and you know that you look good and you you feel really confident what you're wearing, then you'll, you'll not care about what he or she says. And people will at first notice you're doing something different because if you're doing something for yourself, you know, you put that together yourself, you're, you're, you're dressing for yourself and making yourself happy. That's new. Yeah. And it's perfectly okay. So it's really important um, to, to get, that's why I say, I'll say, but, you know, finding out your likes and dislikes, doing a wee bit of um, discovery on yourself. Um, Because people are, you know, I was the same. I was like, oh, I know. I already know what I like and I don't like. And when I actually sat down, it was about, it was a three hour session. And I was like, I didn't realize I would like that. (laughs) Or I didn't, I didn't, oh God, I didn't realize, you know. And they were like, and I remember Kira, my mentor at the time, she was like, but why do you have them in your wardrobe if you don't like them? Like, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) They were on sale. I don't know. A panic bought. I had to go out that night. I don't know. I just bought them. But it's, um, yeah, having definitely, you have to think of yourself because it's you wearing it. It's you that it's given, you know, all of the good vibes to or the not so good vibes. Uh, out of interest, I mean, how many, is a totally unscientific thing, but, you know, how many people's wardrobes truly represent them? Mm, no, there's a good question because I would like to know the answer, but I don't think. Um, it's bound to be pretty small, right? Yeah, I don't think so. And it's not like, don't get me wrong. I mean, my my wardrobe's going through a slight change just because I'm, you know, something's shifted. I'm changing as well. But that doesn't mean that it was wrong last year. That's just who I was last year. And it's not like it's you know, I'm going to change from um, having, you know, a classy. It's, you know, uh, I suppose it is trying to get that style. I mean, do we all, 
We're, we're all sloppy dressers when we're at home, right? On our own. <laughs> or are we? <laughs> I assume so. I mean, and are people typically are people typically most trying to get that outfit for going out out or is it casual wear or is it a bit of both? I mean, what are people looking for? A lot of people do obsess more about dressing for going out. As you will have noticed with the lockdown, that loungewear became the in thing to wear. And I get it. It was, you know, our homes were never really designed for working from home. I mean, when you dress, when you designed your living room, it was a nice sofa. It was comforting. It was somewhere you crashed at the end of the day and chilled up and watched a film with your loved ones. And then all of a sudden it became the office. And the, and the sofa was not made for a suit because, you know, you're sliding all over. If it's like mine, you'd be sliding all over the place in it. So you want to put something comfortable on because you're in that nice, comfortable environment. And then joggers have no accountability in the waist. So you eat and you eat because a lot of us, none are, most of our needs were not getting met. You know, our psychological needs in the house all the time. So we eat, we eat. Everybody done it. Everybody was the same. Um, and then we think, well, there's no point. We're just in the house, you know. But that's where where we realised that's where the problem was. You were only ever thinking about getting ready for going out. I mean, and what I remember my mentor, Kira, saying this to me, you know, when you come home at the end of the day and you throw on your lounging around stuff or your stuff you don't really care about and your zip up and stuff, you know, your children see that. And this really hit home with me. I, I felt really sort of bad after I heard this. You know, if you just, if your children see you getting dressed up and going out to work and then you come in and you're just, you know, throwing anything on because you're in the house with them, they see that and they don't say anything. They don't question you on it. They don't, you know, they, they, they don't even make any remarks on your outfit, but it goes in and they see that, Right. So mommy gets dressed for going out, doesn't get dressed in the house, just spurs, whatever. And I thought, oh, God, I didn't realize I, I do that. I was like, oh God. Because whenever we were growing up, our good clothes were kept for when we went out because that was just the way things were. And, you know, I was the same. I was like, oh, God, mommy puts her nice smile and makeup on her, her um her angel face on for going out but she's you know the devil in the house and her joggers with us but with a red hairband but um yeah so I started sort of consciously um making that a bit more of an effort and you know um even having movie night on a Friday night I would come in get get the work gear off and dress and wear something that was both comfortable and had put a bit of effort and a bit of thought into it. And I would, you know, bring the girls in. It's like, right, what are we putting on for movie night? What are we, what are we wearing? What are we getting dressed into? But they see that. They see that as you make it an effort to come to something, even if it's, right, we're, we're having dinner in the kitchen. Uh, we're having movie night. Um, we're going to the park. Um, and even we simple things, I'd be like, right, girls, what color are we channeling today? What color? Pick a color. We're all going to wear the same color. And they make, you know, the older one rolls her eyes going, oh, God, this is so embarrassing. But um, it's still something that they feel part of and they think, oh, mommy's making an effort for us. Isn't and the same with your loved ones as well. They, they know you, you know, they know when you've made 
the effort. They know, you know, it doesn't matter what you're wearing. They can see when the effort is being made. Isn't that funny, the psychology of it? I would never have thought about that, but it's so mm-hmm. true. Yeah. It's not to say there's anything bad with a low, you know, <laughs> with a low, I know, I know I haven't painted a good picture, but with wearing the, the lounge gear about, because, you know, if we're going off out to the park, I mean, I'm not putting on a suit and I'm not putting on a dress. We're putting on, you know, our nice outdoor wear, but it's, it's, um, it's simple things, you know, like I'll, I'll, I'll still put makeup on. I'll still do, um, you know, I'll still put perfume on and things like that. And I'll still, I'll put it on them and stuff. And it's, you know, the, that, that's what they, that's the thing that they pick up on. It's the effort. It's not so much in what you were. Yeah. That, that must've been a huge, I'm just, just thinking back to my own sort of childhood, you know, and I mean, never like the leisure wear never used to be as big or did it? I don't think yeah. so. I know, I know. And sure, you'd never, you would never have got parents going to the school in pajamas. I mean, there was a big outcry at that at one stage. And the papers, <laughs> parents arrived in pajamas. And I thought, God, it was like, not even gym wear. Like, I mean, it's practically the same thing. It just looks a bit better. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it's, I, I, no, I don't, I don't agree with the whole pajamas in the school. I just think, that really is you trying to embarrass your children. There, there is levels, right? There's levels. Yeah. Uh-huh. I take it there's certain things you wouldn't be seen dead in, right? Yeah, but that's just my personal preference. That's not to say that nobody else is gonna is gonna wear them. Like, believe it or not, I don't like gym gear, and I have to wear it because it's practical. And I mean, I'm not gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna go to the gym in a suit. Um. There's thing, yeah, I wouldn't be caught dead in ruffles and florals. I'm sorry, it's just not who I am. It's too girly for me. I don't even know what they are, but <laughs> floral patterns, prints. No, it's can't see me wearing them. No. Isn't it funny? But that's personality. That's you know, a lot of people that don't like, and I see this, and it's not set in stone, but this is something I notice. A lot of people don't like florals and, and ruffles. Don't don't like the color pink either, um, and that's pro- that's definitely true for me. Um, and I don't get an awful. I, I wouldn't really get any girly girly clients either. You know, they just they want to be dressed smart, and it's not that they don't like being a girl. I mean, they very much do. Um, and we would go dress shopping as well, but um, they go more for that uh, strong female leadership sort of a role, um, as opposed to um, as opposed to being um, girly. Out of interest, I mean, I suppose any celebrity or somebody we might know. I mean, who? Uh, who would you look at for, for, or who, you know, who would we know that you would sort of look at for a particular style or, or that really appeals to you? Um, <laughs> you already know the answer to this. <laughs> My favorite celebrity of all time is, uh, and that would have to be Madonna. Um, but her style has changed and evolved so much over the years. Um, that's probably where I got, you know, the nineties is probably where I got my love of suits from. Um, but even she, I don't have the same style as her. I mean, she's a very, a, a lot more risque than what I would be. A lot more. Um, but I suppose, um, I, 
just like a, 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 a lot, really. I mean, she's probably the only person I've looked up to over the years for um, inspiration. Um, and in a lot of ways, really, just for sort of not being afraid to change and still feeling authentic and strong and, um, you know, having all that female empowerment about you as well. But, um, yeah, she was so she had a lot of influence. Mm, nice. Funny all the different people that we we think of, you know, and... And, you know, like and some- yet... And yet you won't see me in a conical bra anytime soon. <laughs> it's one of those things, you know, those road cone sort of uh, brassier tops. It's Although like... there may be a picture from uni about the internet somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just to, just to caveat it somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> just in case but, it ever makes the light of day. But um, but I say that, and I do, I ask that as well for clients, but any celebrities in particular you like? And um, it's they're like, yeah, but I didn't like when she wore that. And it's like, no, that's okay. It's not that you have to copy their style. There's, It's just taking themes and ideas and things that you like because the people you look up to, you don't 100% like everything about them. Otherwise, you're just going to be a copycat. There's there's thing, you know, and it's joining all the wee things of our role models and um, and people we look up to joining those all together and see what they all have in common or how they all sort of relate um, in you, even your own styling journey. Uh, how, how closely aligned do we need to be? Because I'm just trying to think here if, I don't know, if I, you know, because I'm sure if you, you know, the smarter you dress, the better you feel, or maybe not smarter, the, you know, the better you dress, whatever the perception of better is. But you know, but then I was thinking there, I was catching my own thoughts and going, well, if I dress like Elton John, would I feel better or would it be outside of my comfort zone? Is, is that, is there a halfway house here? It's a, it depends what's attracting you to Elton John. As it is uh, creativity, is colourful outfits, is, I don't know. It depends what's attracting you. I mean, not all the time, you know, in the bit and and when I'm running my business and um, well, I'm always thinking, you know, I want to be professional. Um, I want to be, you know, come across and know what I'm doing. Um, and that's why suits always spring to mind for me. Um, but I'm not thinking about that when I'm going, you know, out on a date with my husband. I'm just thinking, right? I want to feel like I'm, you know, like I was when I was going out with you before we had all these children. <laughs> um, only now, <laughs> um, yeah. So it's it's really thinking about what your goal is. You know, what's the what's the feeling? What's the vibe for that moment in time? Because it's not always the same thing. I mean, if I go out with the girls, it's always like I want to be nice and colorful. I want to feel colorful. For some reason, um, especially when I'm out with other like creative people, I'm like, right, colorful, need need colors, need colors. Um, and if it's if it's like of a networking session, which is constantly been on Zoom lately, um, then I'm thinking, right, well, I want to seem like I can, I can be trustworthy if anybody, you know, wants to have a chat with me or wants to sign up for any of my services. Um, so I'll wear blue and um, I'll always like I'll always have a jacket on as well to show that um, I'm not just there for the cracker. I'm actually there to be professional. 
So it's just always really just thinking about um, what what your vibe is and what you're wanting to get. For, what are you wanting to achieve that day? Mm. And sometimes it's I mean, we were talking about this recently about grief. Um, like colors have a lot of you know, they have psychological meanings behind them. Blue is trustworthy. Red is, you know, color of danger, but also very exciting. So kind of always have to be careful of when and where you were red. Um, and um, after my after my grandmother died, I remember um, I don't wear black because uh, it doesn't suit me and it doesn't work for me. And I used it for far too long to kind of hide my body because, you know, after I had babies, I thought, what the I'm not wearing anything until it looked proper again, whatever proper is supposed to be. Um, so after my granny died, I wore green. I realized I wore green for about three weeks constantly. So as you imagine, I have a lot of green, so it wasn't very hard to, for it to fall out of my wardrobe. And I, I, it just dawned on me one day, I thought, I've been wearing a lot of green. I wonder what that means. And um, I looked up that green's all about calmness and wellness, um, but holistically green tries to connect the head and the heart together. So that when, when you're grieving, um, usually the heart is like, oh my God, what's just happened? What's going on? And the head is very direct and it's like, they've died. We went through this yesterday, they've died. And you get up the next day and it's like, Oh my God, what's happened? What's happened again? What's going on? Cry, cry, cry. And the head is like, they've died. We've been through this. We're going through this every day. It has actually happened. It wasn't a dream. This is what's happened. And then they get, as, as the head and heart get more aligned, um, both are more sympathetic to each other. So the head's like, okay, I'll explain it again because I know that you're finding it hard. They've, they've passed away. They won't be here anymore. And the heart is right. Okay. I just want another day where I don't have to cry and I just accept what's happening. And that is really all about alignment. Isn't it funny how, I don't know what, yeah, the, this is the outside, the, the, the conscious mind and then the, the subconscious mind, you know, mm -hmm. some people will get this and some people won't, you know, but how we, what we say and what we do are two different things you know how we feel and how we act could be two different things right so it's, yeah. it's and it's saying it's both is okay but it's also just realizing that there's a misalignment between you know and i'm sure that can be the case right so how we feel and how we dress or how we turn up and how we dress could be two different things right mm -hmm. yeah absolutely um and yeah i definitely like i'm i'm so um a lot more into my spiritual side and I say spiritual, not religious, um, because I think whenever we don't get the answers in the physical world, um, stepping into the spiritual world, even for meditation, even for just um, breathing. Um, a good friend told me actually meditation is because I was like, I don't have time for meditation. I'm always so busy and I would really like to meditate more. Just meditation is just breathing. You know, it's just breathing. You don't have to be lying down. And I do this now religiously every day. I take five very, very organized and carefully, carefully orchestrated deep breaths. And yeah, I find I can just get on with my day. And it's, it's sometimes I can feel, especially when I'm feeling my shoulders getting really tense. 
um, and it just absolutely soothes me. Um, and usually when I'm, I find it, uh, when I'm stuck on something or when I can't quite get something right in my head or on paper and I go away and I do that and then I forget completely about what I was doing. And then later on that, that day, I'm like, oh, I've got it. Oh, it just came to me. Things don't just come to you. They, you know, you've made them come to you. And that's all about by being aligned. And yeah. it's the same, you know, um, it's working, you know, working your self-image, working your, you know, your your image in general from the inside out and from the outside in. Mm. As you say, it's it's I mean, how often do you end up with that? You know, people come for clothes and you end up talking about what's going on in their lives or, you know, mm-hmm. um where they're trying to connect, make the connection. Yeah, you do. Um, one of my friends is called um, the style counselor. And I thought, I remember at the start, I thought, why do you call yourself that? Just, oh, you'll see, you'll see. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, yeah, I get it now. <laughs> but I really, I enjoy it so much. I really do. I love hearing people's backgrounds and um, I love hearing their stories. And I, it all helps to just develop them more. It really does. I mean, well, what are you most passionate about, You would you say, then? Visibility. I really, um, I really don't think there are enough Madonnas in the world. You can change that name to Beyonce's, Nicki Minaj's, um, whatever you want to change that name to, but I don't think there is because culturally women are more shy. They're more withdrawn. Um, they don't boast about their achievements. Um, and I just, um, I really wanted to help more women be seen in the world for their, you know, their skills or the things that their passions, the things that they're really, really good at. And personal styling is just one string in my bow. That's just the way I decided to start that journey. Um, there's many more things that we're um, hoping to develop for that, but it's all about female visibility. Um, Well, visibility in general, I do deal with men as well, especially when working with businesses, Um, but one-to-ones is all mainly females. Mm. It's interesting you said at the start, you know, about Matthew Maltz's book, you know, Sacred Cybernetics and and how that that deals a lot with, you know, visibility, right? Because it's Mm -hmm. written by a surgeon or ex-surgeon you know and and how the physical body and the inner the inner image you know and how they can differ right so it's it's fascinating that you know how it's evolved even for you Mm -hmm. well i i would have got that you know i mean through most of my working life i got i would work with people you know when you get the staff nights out they're like you're okay once you get to know you and i'm thinking why do people keep saying that to me like what what does that mean (laughs) am i like horrible and work or something um and then whenever i was doing my um my styling session um like for years i straightened my heart poker poker straight poker straight because i thought it would look make me look more professional and more leader leader like and uh, my mentor was saying, now, I know that you have naturally curly hair because so did she. And she says, why, why do you straighten it? I'm like, I'm explaining. And she says, hmm. And she says, have you ever heard, has anybody ever said to you that 
you're okay once you get to it. I was like, oh my God, yes, I got that all the time. She says, yes, because I had used to have that as well. And she had worked in um, human resources. And she says, do you know, you have, you know, you have curly hair for a reason. You know, Mother Nature didn't just throw it in there. It was perfectly designed for a reason. And this was to make you look more approachable. So when you're pulling that away and trying to get rid of that, says that is exactly what you're doing. You're getting rid of it. And it's all to do with kind of face, you know, face shape and the hairstyles and stuff all align very well with each other. And boy, did I learn that lesson really well. Um, because she says, so you probably spend about two hours straightening your hair. Um, how long do you spend curling? I'm like, well, no, it just dries like that. And then might have to touch it up a wee bit at the end. So she says, so about 15 minutes at the most. Like, yeah. She says, hmm, why do you give yourself more work? Like, I don't know. <laughs> so mm-hmm, that's um that was a that was another aha moment for me. Yeah. Uh-huh. Not to say I know I can I don't want everybody going out panic and thinking, I've written my hair. <laughs> like, it's um that was personal to me to do with um my you know um my shapes and my um coloring as well. It's such a huge lesson there, isn't it? Just, I mean, to accept who you are and to, to yeah. embrace it and embellish it as opposed to, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I've straight hair, straight hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And I was having one of like, no, no, that's professional, but that's, that's the only way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, th- I thought, and this was kind of the, the older side of me as well. Um, or the old me, I would have thought that that would make me look soft and I didn't want to look soft because if you look soft, then you didn't get picked for leader type things. And I suppose being a wee bit burned in, in jobs where people maybe were promoted before me. And again, that all happened for a reason because I was never supposed to be promoted in those jobs. I was never supposed to stay in the jobs anyway. Um, so maybe, maybe you know, that's probably had a effect on me as well. If you were to pick maybe five things that you've learned from this transition from you know, accountancy right through to where you are now and what you're learning and what you're going through and all that. You know, what what five things have you learned from this? I've, I've learned um, a lot more about myself. Um, I've learned about how much, um, how much sort of value um, I placed on my own image. Mm. Um, because I did, I, I was, I buy a hell of a lot less now actually than what I used to. I used to go out and panic buy when I had to go to something and then it wouldn't be right. But now I am very, very confident and very comfortable with my wardrobe because I know that it's all been designed for me. Um, and that makes me feel great. Um, I've learned that my, about, you know, my body as well, body shape wise, I've learned what's, specific to me as in you know there's parts of us that we can't change because that's who we are that's in our dna you know a lot of people get obsessed with fat and weight gain and weight loss and you know i know like my trainer here would hear any trainer hears this i just want to change this area i'm like doesn't really work like that (laughs) you know yeah you have to work all you know it'll work all over you and i can't decide where it comes off but um, I've learned to appreciate and understand why I'm made the way that I'm made and um, 
accept my body for the way that it is and you know like it, it housed four babies four big babies and I'm really proud of that I never gave it enough credit before I ever had children I was very harsh on my body I was like oh god it's like that's an extra pound on and that was in my really thin days um and I you know I look in the mirror um every morning and I do a wee affirmation it's usually you know when I'm getting ready, I'm like, yeah, you still got it. You still, you still look good. You still got it. Um, so I suppose um, learning to have fun with yourself, learning to, you know, it doesn't all have to be serious and um, um, really, you know, not everybody's dressing for the office. Not everybody's dressing to go in and do um, uh, speak at a board meeting. You know, some people are going out to work in a corner shop and some people are going out to do counselling. Um, so no matter who you are or what you're going to do, you will, everybody has to work the gears in the morning before they, before they do it, before they go out, get out the door. Um, and I've learned that I've actually learned an awful lot to, uh, to trust my own intuition because I would have been terrible for giving people the benefit of the doubt, which I always thought was a good thing, actually. Um, but it's it's more about really trusting your own intuition. Um, and I see like fakery a mile away. Yeah, a lot more, a lot more than what I ever did before. And I look back at the people that I would have been looked up to or would have been close to or would have been loved to been going to their events or invited to their events. And I think mm, that was an awful lot of people pleasing you did there, Mary, an awful lot. Um, so I trust, I trust my, my guts an awful lot. And I think that's just about more being in alignment with myself. Um, and accepting that you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea. Because if you were, you'd be a mug. <laughs> Love it. You talk to yourself much? To myself? Oh, all the time. <laughs> all the time. Sure, nobody else will talk to me. <laughs> no, I'm only joking. Um, yes, I do. I do talk to myself. Um, because it's better out than in, Pete. And if you, you know, if thoughts float about your head all the time, they'll just keep floating about there. And sometimes when you say it out loud, you're like, oh, I am being ridiculous. Or you're like, Oh, so that's what's wrong with me then. I don't care. Mm. Mm. Like I was complaining to my husband about that. I felt really, uh, I felt like I'd lost my way with style from we've moved into this house. Um, I feel frumpy all the time. And then I, I, as I was saying it to him, as I was having a rant, I was like, I know what it is. It, <laughs> so our house was being insulated with reason and we're double layered we're like the michelin man walking about the house like layered and layered up and I'm like this is what this is what i'm I'm looking at a potato all the time that, that's what's wrong so um they um i was like right i'm going back to what i'm back to my normal style my nice you know where i feel good about myself and i'm not like hobbling up <laughs> in um in layers and layers and layers yeah so I was like, let this be, let this be a warning for you to sort this heat out quicker. <laughs> or you'll be married to the Michelin woman. <laughs> oh, what, are you, what are you great at and what are you terrible at? Um, hmm. um I'm really good with challenges. In fact, I really I really think, you Is know diamonds. 
like when when a when a client brings me like a challenge, I'm like, oh god, yes, you know, really gets me means I have to think like real putting pieces of the puzzle together especially when they give you a list of i don't like and don't think i'm gonna wear and i'm not doing and i don't like that shop or i'm like okay 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 okay. um yeah i do i love a challenge and um what am i not so good at um i don't you can call this um a negative or not but i wouldn't be one for going on and on about brands um, designer brands because I think when you when you know what you're doing, you know when you work with your colors um, and your style, your shape, your personality, it doesn't need to be expensive. Um, you'll look expensive anyway when you put all of those things together. When you look authentic, authentic always looks expensive. So. It doesn't matter if it's Chanel or Louis Vuitton. There's nothing wrong with liking those things. I mean, I like a little bit of Burberry, but um, even a bit of Louis Vuitton. But I don't go on and on and on about it and, you know, on my social media or anything, because I just don't think it, it helps. I don't think it would help a client. I don't. I think it's really missing the, the meaning. So sometimes, um, yeah, I should maybe, I don't talk enough about brands. It's probably my bad. But that's that's the, that's the thing, isn't it? Sometimes, you know, it, as you say, it's not about the brand; it's about the, the style, the fit, the, how you feel. Yeah. If if you know if the name of the label has to tell you how you feel or the reason why you feel, then you kind of go, hmm. Mm-hmm. It's kind of yeah. There's a misalignment there. You know, people buy a bag just because they want to feel better, and you're like, okay, so it's a bag. You know. There's a great. Um... There was a great uh, TikTok I seen. It was a um, it was about Jay Z. It was someone I think it was someone who was analyzing Jay Z's career, and they said, "If you notice at the start, he was blinged. He wanted to show you that he'd money. He had gold medallions, everything, rings, or hats, every brands everywhere. And if you look at him now, he just wears black. That's it, because he has nothing to prove. Nothing to prove." At all, he doesn't care if he, you know. Whereas you see the difference between when he started, when he he had he had well, everybody had to think he had money. They had to know he had money. They had to see brands and everything. But I always find that really interesting and in how um, they've changed. Yeah, people evolve. Yeah, so mm-hmm. true. So true. Tell me, what's a bit of a guilty pleasure for you? Oh, um, <laughs> guilty pleasure is. Um, whenever there's been awards on the celebrity awards <laughs> I'm usually like right let's see what they've done now <laughs> because again it's probably it's never normally about the celebrity it's about them showing off the brands or the brands they've been told to wear so um, we normally do well that would never be her style she would never wear anything like that <laughs> um, yeah bit of a guilty pleasure um, are you okay to watch TV with or are you to give a running commentary uh, yeah, I give a run on commentary, uh, especially if my daughter's watching the Kardashians. She hates what she's like. I knew I shouldn't have let you in here. Like, uh, oh, like, and but it does. Just saying, like, it does nothing for. Just go, just leave, leave. Um, and yet I don't go around like um, I don't go around Belfast doing that or anything. I don't go. I, I, I 
when I did my when I first got was qualified in color analysis, I used to secretly be looking at people wondering what their <laughs> color palette was. But that was just because I was just like a pure color geek and I, um, I just wanted to get out and do clients so so very badly. And the you know, COVID pandemic was against me. <laughs> but um yeah, so I guilty pleasure. I'm an awful people watcher, like a really bad people watcher. Like I have to look away if you know if I've been staring at someone too long. And it's not, you know, I try and smile now so people don't think I'm like looking at them, judging them. I'm like um, and I always make a point of, you know, even if it's a stranger, of telling them if I think their outfit's really nice. But I think we should do that more. I think we get so, we'd be so much in our own head thinking, they're staring at me. Oh my God, they must be sent up the bad. I think it's, um, I think it's a good idea to mm. crush that if it's, especially if it's not true. No, it's true. I know I have a bit of a resting bitch face, so I, I sometimes have oh. to pick it and say <laughs> say to people you know it's like what's wrong it's like absolutely nothing i'm quite pleased actually <laughs> i i had that as well it was worse with the straight hair not don't get not so bad now for some reason but um yeah rest in bitch face a lot to be said for it yeah yeah we're mm, there's a career out there for me somewhere you know so uh-huh yeah mm-hmm. tell me if you were to try and then describe your fire in your belly in one or two words what would it be mary um, helping, helping women be more visible physically, online and vibrationally, because getting all three of those in alignment, you, your visibility will be soaring because remember like energetic, vibrationally visibility is opportunity. It's when someone comes and um, taps on your shoulder or sends you an email or comes over to you at a networking event, that is all opportunity. And that's all to do with the, the vibration of visibility. Very nice. I like it. So tell, you, tell us where can people reach out, hunt you down, find out more, track you, stalk you, any of the above? Um, any of the above, yeah. <laughs> Get me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. Or my website. Give us a corporate, shout out. corporate and creative image. Perfect. Love it. Love it. Dot com. Y- yes. Corporate and creative image. Dot com. Yes. <laughs> Just a narrative. Have to think about that. There. Yes. Uh huh. No, that's cool. And is there a final message you'd like to leave with our listeners today? Um, I was going to say something corny, like be yourself, everybody, but I'm not. <laughs> what I will say is, um. Focus, focus on your image and remember that it's never a race. It's never a destination that you have to get to. It's a journey and it will always change as you change. And if you feel like what you liked last week is different from what you like this week, that can be a good thing because it just means you're changing ever more rapidly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard, but forget what everybody else is doing because they're not vested in you. You're vested in you. Love it. Mary, it's been a pleasure talking to you today. I've learned a hell of a lot more than I did know. So <laughs> Glad thank- to hear it. Glad to hear it. Thank you for sharing all that until Thank you. Time. I appreciate it. Brilliant. Thank you. Well, that was another great episode of Fire in the Belly. You know, this really wouldn't be possible without a great guest taking the time to share their personal journeys. And boy, boy, sometimes it is personal. It's an absolute pleasure to have that and then to hear the journeys that people have been on. We've loads more episodes coming up soon. 
and it's always a pleasure to have guests on. If you do happen to know anyone with true fire in their belly, please reach out to us so we can share their journey, lessons and successes. So all that's left to say is have a great day, live with fire in your belly and be the mightiest version of you.